is a great um, semester. We are in our fourth class, which is amazing how fast it's really going. I thank everybody for the participation. You're probably going to end up having um, some type of summary that's going to come up. I'm, I haven't quite yet put it together for you, but you might have that summary, which uh, four classes, once we're done with the class this evening, it'll be four. So we're probably going to get to at least six. And then we'll do a summary of those six, and that, that's kind of going to be our midterm, okay? Um, it's going to be really easy because obviously you know how we do, right? We work our classes together. So when we're working together, obviously there's, no, there's nobody here with a, a failure grade, right? Because you all started out with an A. So all I ask you to do is keep up with your classes, keep up with uh, whatever it is that uh, you're required to do, and guess what? You and I will have just a great relationship here. So, Father, we just thank you so much for this amazing time that we're going to hear from you this evening, Lord, how you are going to minister like to us in this class, in this evangelism class about, you know, the loss and what our responsibility as students, um, teachers, pastors, uh, whatever it is that you give us and you gifted us with, that we could further the gospel um, to those who are lost. God, God we, we have the message but those that don't have it, Lord, that is such a, an amazing thing that you would use us in your plan, God, to um, minister to those who really needs Christ, especially in these days. So we thank you. Bless our class in Christ's name. Amen. How's everybody feeling this evening? Great. Great. Tell your neighbor hello. Hello. Yeah, hello. How you doing? Everybody's good. You're good. You're alive and it's all well. Okay. Well, I want to start off with this class this evening, and this class is going to be called Leadership and the Loss. Leadership and the Loss. Um, but first, I want to talk just a little bit um, about leaders, right? Um, so leaders, when we think about what a leader is, we can think about many uh, things that would come to mind uh, in the world system we have what we call uh, several types of leaders. So for, for a second, what would you say um, a leader could be? Your boss. Your boss could be a, he's a leader. Coach. Coach, leader. Your parents are president. President, leader. Your parents. Leader. Your parents. Parents, leader. Yeah, wow, amen. So. Yeah, he said that, Pastor, but you echoed it, right? Amen? That's, that's really good, right? That we understand authority, right? Someone's going to give you instructions on what to do, right? Um, it's interesting how when Jesus Christ came, uh, he came in a way where if he was a leader, he would certainly put himself in a place where he would look like one to the world, right? He would look like the businessman or he would look like the coach or he would look like the person that's gonna really lead uh, people in a way that they should go. But he said, 
uh, in his leadership, he's really a servant, right? So not many people really want to come to serve, especially if they're a leader, right? Because they're saying, hey, let somebody else do it and I'll be able to direct him in the way that I need him to do it. But Christ didn't come using his authority like that. He came actually as a servant leader. He served uh, under people, right? And that's what made people so peculiar in the plan of God is that he was going to do it different than the other leaders of the world said, this is leaders, right? Hey, those some leaders, they're really motivators. They're good speakers. They, you know, can draw thousands of people, but they're never interested in the people. About like a boss, right? All he's interested in, he's called to get a job done, to make the numbers, to make the money. But you in between are really not important to him if you don't do the job. Guess right. You'll be gone. Yeah, you're done. You're finished. But see, Jesus Christ didn't come like that. He came to be a servant because everybody was winners to him. Right? Everybody was important. Nobody was going to be thrown away. Nobody had some hierarchy in the plan of God when it came to you being in his mind. And that's how he came and looked at the world that he put us in now. So now when we look at our titles and positions and all, you're, you're right, we're all leaders. Isn't that good? Yeah, we're all leaders, right? But because we're learning how Christ uh, gave us this position and who he is so that if you're a mom, if you are, a, you know, a, in a restaurant, you're waiting on tables, right? As you're serving from that position, Christ, you are a leader. Wow, right? We're no longer children that are slaves to the world, but we are to Christ all made free so that now all of a sudden our leadership takes on a whole new meaning so that nobody can say, I'm higher than the other person. Yeah, and they start putting these these titles up, oh, you're this and you're that, and, and you earned your way up the ladder, and this guy's down here on the bottom. No, we're all at the cross. Amen. It's just some God gave a mouthpiece, but he's a servant leader too, right? Because he serves just like the next person. Can't say, I don't do that because I'm the pastor. No, I want to do everything that the next man do. You know, whether it's cleaning the floor, whether it's opening the door, being a doorkeeper or whatever it might be. Right. We want to change our mindset about trying to, you know, one up in, in, in our ministries so that we understand how Christ saw this picture. And then now our titles, what we'll see here in Ephesians chapter four and verse 10 and 11. It's amazing when you see these these things that God's given a man or a woman to think about right here. He says in these two verses, and I want to read those to you. It's Ephesians chapter four, verse 10 and verse 11. It says that uh, he who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. He did what? He ascended, right? And he also what? Descended, right? 
God himself came down from heaven like we were human beings. First John, I mean, John um, chapter one, verse four, he came, I'm sorry, John 1, 14. He came down in the flesh, right? As a human being, being God and man all at the same time. Isn't that, it's incredible, isn't it? That's incredible. So he, so that he could fulfill all things. And so then he says what he came down and he made this list in the next verse, uh, uh, 11, and it says, he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and um, some pastors and teachers, right? What was that list again? Gave, he gave some. Read your Bibles. Great. Amen. Right? So every one of these offices that he gave to the church, they all are evangelists. Right? Because why? It's the life we what, Jerry? It's the life we live. It's the life that's who we are. Right? We're all evangelists. So if a pastor or a uh, bishop or if it's a clergy, whatever it might be, they can't say that we can't go out and win lost people. Right? Because that's what they all supposed to do. Because why? Christ came and did that. Right? Christ came in as, a, as the leader. He came in as the authority and showed us even with these positions, how we should lead. Wow, yeah. But it's interesting that we see offices with these titles, and I really just don't think they're evangelists. I mean, there's a lot of people that go out and they, you know, they you know, blow the trumpet and blow the horn, but you know, they fill stadiums. But do they love people? Do they love the loss? Are they taking a personal time out and being out where there's people who need to hear the message personally. Yeah, personal word from these offices because these offices are responsible for the gospel of the kingdom of God that every man hears the gospel in some way. Whether you reach one that's on the street, whether you reach one that's on the top of the mountain or you reach somebody uh, that would wanna hear the message. Now, hey, we, we, can't, we can't force someone to hear a message that they're not ready to receive, right? But we must never underestimate the power of planting the seed. That's very crucial. I don't think I want to talk to them because they look like they're not interested. Uh, I don't believe that um, what I'll say to them is not going to mean much. Or I don't feel like I'm called to win the loss because uh, that's not my office. That's not my title. That's for a uh, bishop to do, pastor to do, or uh, evangelist, right? So then all of a sudden the responsibility gets shifted on this leadership that Jesus Christ didn't come to set up so that we ran by that office, but we are the office. We are the evangelist. We are the people that's got a message. And whether they want to hear it or not, it's not my responsibility if they don't want to receive it. But I'm planting the seed. Yes, amen. 
Hey, we had a great week this week. We went out Thursday, um, and we, was it? Yes, Wednesday, yesterday. No, talking last week. Thursday last week, we started here in the city. Uh, Elizabeth was there with us, and we just had a great time. It wasn't planned. Uh, we just said what God's plan is for us today. We're just going to go out, and we're just going to go out and just be out. Right, have fellowship with one another and pray that God gives us some appointments to meet some people. And don't you know, every single day we've had an appointment. And then Sunday we had a man here who we met on the street. He was in a wheelchair. And another guy who was homeless and we met him and he come in and he had food with us and fellowship with us. And if we went to the uh, festival over here. That was, that was nice to Bob Marley. Woo. Putting it on camera, on tape. Pastor was there. Hey, but he was there on an assignment, right? And we talked to many people, and people were, like, responding. And we sensed that God was there, and every day that we went out, we didn't have to think about, like, let's go soul, and we just wanted to be together, and God bought us souls, right? Why? Because we were in a servant place. God, who, who do we want to serve today that you would send us? Isn't that a different way, right? And all of a sudden, now it's something where you don't feel like you've got to go do. Once again, it's who we are, right? We didn't plan an activity. We just said, let's get together, right? Hebrews 10, 24, 25. Do it more as you see the days approach. Gather together, right? And Christ will begin to add things to your life that's important to him that you now can bring in the fellowship with you like we have a couple men here tonight with us, right? You know, walking down the sidewalk, we're out having coffee, and then the man walks by, we've seen him one time, and then we've seen him one time before that. He's a professional boxer here this evening. How did he get here? Because we saw him and had a conversation with him. We invited him in to sit with us. We invited him to class. We talked to him, and we have another man sitting here, right? How does that happen? It happens because we're looking for people to serve, right, as leaders. And that makes a difference in our call uh, so that now all of a sudden, verse 12 right there when we read Ephesians 4, verse 12, as teachers, evangelists, prophets, pastors that Paul was saying here to these Ephesians, he says you are being equipped, Right? for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. Now we equip people. Yeah, isn't that good? Yeah, we're here equipping now, right? We're equipping you how to uh, understand in your leadership's positions, which we all are, whether you're a stay-at-home mom, like I said, whether you are you know, serving snowballs or you're serving cheeseburgers in a restaurant. You're still a servant leader there. Because why? God puts you there from uh, being ready to be able to do the work of the ministry uh, to edify the body of Christ and not only that, minister to people. Man, hey, do we, do we think about that like in our daily day? Or do we compartmentalize God's work by saying, I can only do this from five to ten. Or I can only do this from 8 to 5. 
And God, I'll do the rest of this here when I'm done with what I need to do. And God says, no, this is who you are all day. I'll send you appointments wherever you are if you are asking me because you've been equipped with a message for those who are lost and I stuffed you in a place as the leader really in that business. Why? To bring in the truth, right? To bring light in dark places so that it's not something that is uh, after 8 to 5 or 9 to 10 or whatever your work schedule is because we set, this, we set aside the world for Christ, right? That's why Jesus came. He came to make us free, but in the same time, we can work for the boss and we can still find a way to like, give a person a smile. Hey, is there anything I can help you to do when you're off work? Can I come by and visit you? Maybe we can have a coffee or a tea, or maybe we can meet somewhere at the park. Something is about you that I want to share. i got a word for you. Right? I'm always thinking about what God's thinking about. Right? Is those who don't know Jesus Christ. So, you know, you know at the end of the day, we're, we're always teaching, preaching, right? Sharing the good news. And it's not preaching the Bible. We just have to be personal. You know, we didn't go out and say, hey, brother, uh, are you, do you know God? You want to be born again? That seems kind of awkward to people. They don't, they don't, they don't, they, they, they put a wall up and they don't want to talk to you because we never took the time to listen to people, get to know them for a second or two, get into their world so that I can become like they are, right? Paul said, I become what? all things to all men that I might win them. But if I don't want to become all things to all men that I might win them, then the loss go away, right? And your ministry suffers because of the lack of the hearing from the Holy Spirit that today is today that God's going to send you somebody, right? And we miss that Zacchaeus that's in the tree because we didn't have time, right? I'm too busy. This is not for me to do. I'm not equipped, right? Uh, I don't feel comfortable talking about Jesus uh, to other people because that's personally just for me. I'm the one that's trying to get to heaven and you make it the best way you made it, like I made it. So then we take on this spirit of the world where I don't care about other people other than myself, right? But God came because he came in John 3, 16, because he cared about the whole world. So he gave his son that he would die for the whole world. And you happen to be one that was touched by the hand of God that's in this class this evening. So that now all of a sudden God's hands can touch other people with the ministry, right? That you've been given. So this is... Uh, what I call these people who are in these offices with the titles, I call them big evangelists, right? They got offices. They go over the world. They have churches. Uh, they have a group of people, and they've been given a high office, uh, kingdom office. And uh, it may seem like you who don't have a particular office or a title that you're least important. But actually, no, you, we call little evangelists, right? Because, hey, they're in the community. You know, they're feeding the homeless, right? 
they're out in the streets. They're, they're working uh, somewhere where they're always about like talking to people. You know, coffee houses are really good, right, Lizzie? You're in a coffee house. You know, wherever it might be, Amen. you're still an evangelist. Staying home, raising a family. It's still a minister to my family, my children. So we don't look at you as, as though you're smaller and the guy here is, you know, somewhat higher. We're all the same, right? Taxi cab driver, door dash people. You get in my car, you're my prisoner, right? <laughs> Barbershop people, you get in my seat to get a haircut, there's my appointment. Hey Amen. I'm going to only make money, but I'm going to talk to him about Christ. And he can't go nowhere until I let him out the car. And he can't get out the seat until I'm done cutting his hair, right, Gian? Yeah. Hey Amen. Hey, this is, this is God. This is God, people. So that we don't get caught up in when is a good time to minister to people about Christ, right? 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We'll turn here real quick with me. It's a beautiful thing that we'll talk about now that we understand what the offices of our leadership are, right? So 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3, it's amazing what this is. It says here, but even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing whose mind the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, watch this, least the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God should shine on them. Boy, isn't that good? That's a real good verse. Okay, well, let's, let's unpack this for a minute, right? The gospel must keep coming out to those who are perishing. Get that? The gospel must keep coming out to those who are perishing. That's what this verse is saying. Those who are blind, right? Those who uh, is made in the image of God. We have now got something that God has given us that must keep coming out, right? Can't stop it, right? Because if we try to stop what needs to come out, then all of a sudden, the one that you had an appointment for today just might perish because we said we're not going to minister the gospel to them. Right? Think about that. How many people Jesus Christ is sending to us on a daily basis and we miss these appointments and they perish because what we have must keep coming out. It's like a water faucet, right? When you turn it on, the water runs as long as you want it to run until you do what? Shut it off. Shut it off. But for us, man, people are perishing so fast that our faucets with the living water must keep running so that whoever's thirsty, let them come drink from the well. Wow. But if my well is clogged up with rocks, you know, uh, no life, you know, it, it's, it, 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 it doesn't move constant because it's got problems with it. 
and it's got issues in it. And Jesus is saying, hey, unclog your wells and let the living water spring up out of your life. It must keep coming. That's who we are. We have this treasure in earthen vessels in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, that the excellency, excellency may be of the power of God and not of us. Did you catch that? The excellency and the power may not be of who? Us, but of God Almighty, right? And he wants to flow through us. And he's, we're his conduit. We're his servant leaders who we must allow the Holy Spirit to open us up so that we're like a river flowing onto those who are perishing. Isn't that good? That's good, boy. Man, this is changing my life in the pulpit tonight. Last week, you know, people coming because we're saying we're not clogged wells, right? We're, we're wells that are ready for the master use because now he's taught us how to serve people like he did. He showed us by example that we don't have to sit and have big titles, you know, or he ascended in the heaven but never descended in the earth. It could have stayed there from heaven and operated everything, but he decided to come down and show us exactly how to operate in this world, being a treasure, a vessel, right? That Jesus Christ can pour out his life, right? And so um, we say, God, we're not strong enough to do it. God says, that's great. He says, because when you're weak, I'll make you what? Strong. I'll make you strong. Amen. Yes, please. Just because you're weak doesn't mean that God's not working. Because if you're strong, you won't do what God's asking you to do in your call. And then nothing happens to those who are lost that Jesus Christ wants to use you. Right? But he can do it when you're weak. Yeah, Lord, I can't do it. I'm too weak. I've got a lot of problems. You don't know what I'm going through. I've got to get myself right first before I talk to the next person. And the Christ says, no, I became weak for you so that you can now see in my weakness, now you're being made strong by the grace of God. Boy, the mercies of God will do it. Doesn't need, he doesn't need your performance. He doesn't need your knowledge. He doesn't need your whole skill set. He doesn't need your offices. He just needs a man or a woman who's ready to be used and says, here I am, Lord, I am weak and I'm dependent on you today because I know what you're looking for. One soul that's worth more than the whole world and God will give it to you if you ask him for it, right? So you know why it's, it keeps uh, coming out? Because we as leaders and members of the body, we have an answer. That's very crucial, isn't it? Like, we're not going to church and being in our pulpits and being pastors and teachers just so we can say we arrived, we had five years of Bible school, and now I've got a degree that I can sit on the wall and say, see? No, we're here because we now have this 
ability as members to give answers to people who even come in and they have wrong theology. They have a wrong concept about who God is. They don't know him. And then all of a sudden, you say a word, you speak something in their ear and their spirit is lit because we have answers. Wow. Hey, God's got an answer for that. Do you want to know him? Do you know of him? Right? And then all of a sudden, those who uh, hear the word, who are lost, they says, you know what? I agree with that. There's something that agrees with my spirit about what you said uh, in the answer you gave me, that I need Jesus Christ. Yeah, wow. But if we don't say anything to these people and give them an answer, wow, all of a sudden now we see people are hopeless. We see people don't know where to turn. We see people that don't have answers. And Jesus Christ says, I made this whole opportunity available for us who understands what it felt like not to have answers and somebody came along and gave me the answer. And they said, have you ever tried God? <laughs> they didn't pull out the whole Bible and start preaching the whole Bible. They just says, have you ever heard about God and what he can do and what he says? And then they get an answer from you and you walk away and you feel like, wow, I was weak and now I feel strong because something happened on the inside when the treasure was released to them, right? And you see them come out of the darkness and into the light. And then God added more light to you, right? And God gets the glory because he's lighting you up. <laughs> yeah, that's what he does, right? He lights us up when we see a man come into the class, right, who we spoke, spoke to over a week ago. It lights us up. It, it gives us this amazing burst of light because we see that the light of Christ touches people when we give them an answer. Come and see, right? So the new heart that we've been given, 2 Corinthians 5, 16, and 17, that heart has the real answers. Check that out. That heart has the real answers. The old heart in the old man, he does not have the answers to people's problems or a solution to a life that's a life more abundant than the life that they now live, right? Hey, because there's a life here, folks. In, in, in this life, uh, people are putting their hope in this world system and it's crumbling right before their eyes. And now they're saying, where else can I stake my life so that I can receive the hope that I need to keep going? And then we come along with an answer and we can say God has a life that's more abundant. It's higher than the life you live. Let us show you what it is. Uh, come see our brothers and sisters and let me show you what it looks like, right? And then you choose which life that you want. Do you want this life or you want the new life, right? But we have got to be able to give the ones the answers to what they look for, right? What they need. So that, that treasure can't touch things that is uh, not designed for other people to receive it unless it's new, <laughs> right? Has to be a new treasure that comes out of the heart of what? 
new people. Right? Made new. Remember that one. Because if you were living in the old life trying to serve God in the uh, new life, it's hard to do. Something's clogged up, right? It's not flowing. The truth's not flowing. So all of a sudden, now the old heart can't touch people. It can't touch people no more. I've heard that before. Yeah, I, I talked to the other guy. Yeah, he said the same thing. That didn't work for me. So now he's out. So somebody has to come in with something that's brand new, something that's fresh, and give people a different place so that they can now have this relationship that you and I have with Christ, right? So when we meditate on Christ and uh, the relationship, then Christ sends people. Check that out. Write that down. That's a good one. When we meditate on Christ and the relationship, right, then Christ sends people. Thank you. Yes. That's a beautiful thing, right? Wow. Christ wants you, but he don't want your stuff. <laughs> Boy, that's one for the cameras today. Christ wants you, but he don't want your stuff. He wants you. Right? Mark chapter 1, verse 17. Jesus says to his disciples, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Hey, here it is. He is the leader and we are the what? Followers. Right? We are the followers. He's the leader. Follow me. Oh, I'll make you fisher of men. I'll make you fisher of men. Who's going to do the making? Christ. But if we ain't following Christ, ain't no fish of men. <laughs> then we go fishing. <laughs> Catching eels and catfish and all this. Stuff you got to, right? But when we follow Christ, Christ will give us men, right? Because why? We are in a relationship with him. And then he sends us people. So this is awesome tonight that uh, we have this love that comes out of nowhere when we are following Christ and he is our all in all. Then all of a sudden I can love the unlovely. Mm. Oh, I can love somebody who hurt me. I can love uh, somebody who abandoned me. Mm. I can love somebody who stole from me. I could love somebody who lied on me. I could love somebody who rejected me. Because you know why? Because it comes out of nowhere. Because I've been in a relationship with Christ. And now all of a sudden, my life is anointed when I'm sharing the message because I lived it. Right? I actually went through the steps of being in these places. And then I saw love work. That I thought wouldn't because God gave me a new heart. And out of the new heart, only thing can flow out of it is love. Yeah. Out of the old heart, it'll clog up. And you can't give that person new life because you're living in the old nature of the old man. And you're trying to produce something that you don't have. You got to have Christ produce it. Right? Christ has to release the ecstasy. He has to release the treasure. 
And that's why he takes us through series of things so that the treasure can be released through trials and problems and temptations and faults and failures, rejections and all this, that the love might work in you. 1 Corinthians 13, right? Works all of the kindness, all of the patience in you, all of the long suffering. Oh, man. Ah, wow. Oh, boy. It gets good. It, uh, they said it gets gooder and gooder. That's the old English term, right? That when you see this love that comes out of nowhere, right, uh, towards people, because God gives us insight out of our hearts and people catch it and uh, they get caught in our net. They get caught in our net, right? Let down your net. And all of a sudden, the, the net is full of fish, right? Because it was love that called them, right? It was your peace that called them. It was your joy, Lisa, that called them. It was your conversation where your words went higher than the world's words and bought something out of a rhema from heaven and fed them a manna. And they want more and they can't get enough because what flowed out of you uh, was the insight of God heart for people so that now all of a sudden I'm just like God in this world. Right. Amen. Right. I walked like him in this present world, not being subject to the things of this world that when it comes in Galatians that wants to bewitch me from, hey, you shouldn't have to put up with that. Don't God love you? Why would he let you go through that? Go back to the course of the world and we'll love you. We'll give you the, we'll give you the love that you've been looking for. Just don't have God in it because he's left you. Now you got to love people that walked all over you. What kind of God is that? I should, you should be uh, propped up high because you are a leader and why should people treat you this way? Well, go try running the White House for one day and being President Biden right now. I bet he's probably ready to run back to Delaware. He's probably ready to take the nearest train home, right? <laughs> some, some things you just don't want to uh, put yourself in this place to have a mindset that you're owed something from this world and you should be treated this way because then all of a sudden you can't let this love and this grace flow through all of this mercy that endures forever because you're expecting something to be the way that you think being an evangelist. No, you might die for the message. You know, you might lose, you might be beheaded like John the Baptist that when he spoke to Herod and he says, you know, we don't want to hear that uh, message, John. And John says, we're going to hear King, even if I have to die for it. Gone. Okay, wow. That's, that's evangelism, isn't it? Yeah, because you know why? He knew the life that he lived, it was above. And he wasn't worried about this life because it would be better that he could be with the Lord. But for our sake, Paul says, I'll be here with you, but I'd rather be in heaven. Wow, that's a pretty good statement, isn't it? Wow, man. Because when that love gets caught up and it catches people in the net of love, it catches people in the net of forgiveness, and it catches people in the net of grace, then guess what? Christ is happy when these people, you know, by faith shows the value of a soul coming to Christ. That's when Christ is happy. When people that are valuable to him 
come to Christ, right? And it's a human, right, that didn't know God. He was lost. And then all of a sudden, he says, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. So it's very valuable. So I want you to know today that that's very valuable. When you see one soul being one to Christ, it's a great thing, right? So I'm going to give you three prayers and I'm going to close this class because it's time to me to do that. I talked to you an hour and a half last week, so I gave you extra. But today, <laughs> this is very crucial, right? I gave you three keys last week. Does anybody remember what they were? Okay. Okay, so here tonight to go with your three keys. I know you all had it because you had your paperwork. Here is three prayers you can incorporate in your daily prayers. Here's what they are, right? Lord, that you would give me a vision for the loss. That's number one. Number two, give me a love for soul and I pray, God, that I would weep. How many people wept for somebody lately? Wow. Luke chapter 19, verse 41. Luke chapter 19, verse 41. Give me a love for souls. I pray that, God, I would weep. I'm praying, God, I would weep for people because until I'm weeping for people, I'm not interested in souls. I'm only interested in getting myself what I need, what I want. Bless me, Lord. You know, I'm a believer. But am I really weeping for people? Am I thinking about lost souls? Am I thinking about my family, my children, my grandchildren? Where are they going to spend eternity? If I'm not on the porch weeping for people then what is my message doing? It's being clogged up. It's being held in a place where it's being stagnant because it's not being poured out or it's not being reciprocated through tears of really what Christ did. He really just mourned for people. Yes, we got to get this spirit right. Give me a heart that I might weep. It's all in the same verse. It's all in the same place. Day and night for the lost. Do we have that heart? Do we want that heart that God gave us in the new heart, right? God is looking for people he could set a blaze for God on. Set them on fire. Poof! And it's like, like, yes, just come right along that you would burn, right? <laughs> you, you know, I can't even, I can, you lay down at night, oh my God, all I just think about is just people. Oh, Lord. Hey, pray that then you know what it does? It clears your mind from all of the other things that so clog up your thinking, right? Because I'm not thinking what God's thinking. Amen. Amen. Isn't that good? If I'm not thinking what God's thinking, then the world will burn me up with the details of life. The worries yeah. and the cares comes and choke out the word right out of you. Yes. Amen. Wow. wow. Boy, this is God tonight speaking to us because you know why? We are not really weeping for what God is weeping for, right? 
But God wants us to care, really, about people. It's burning me up right now that like it's like, God, can we catch some people on fire? So I'm weeping for even our our, our ministers, our pastors, our leaders, that they would be out on the streets too, not just telling you where to go run and do, that they would be a servant leader to you so that they can see your, their example of how to go out and follow Christ so that you might follow him. Amen. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, we can't sit mm. back no more. <laughs> Time is short. The days are evil. And who knows when our Lord is going to come and he wants to find you in the vineyard, right? In the harvest where it is truly plentiful, right? And all we're doing is going behind them and just picking up what Christ has left for us to do, right? It's so good. The harvest are already harvest, folks. Yeah. So we need a week that God will uh, bring us in to a place where God, I'm burning for people, and he'll do it. Yes. Pray number three. Open doors for opportunities. Open doors. God, open me doors for an opportunity to share the gospel to somebody. Put that in your prayers on a daily basis, and we'll, you'll see what we've saw in the last four days. Because I'm not going to teach something that I'm not doing or being an example right and we've been out on that street for days and months and uh, these men here know that me as a pastor here at this church that soul winning has to be a part of what I do here that they also too might learn how to go out right and be equipped to talk to people about a message because we're not afraid to right and it's beautiful when we go out together not just going out there like, you know, like the Jehovah Witnesses, you know, here they come. Uh, the Bible's in here. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't need to walk around with the Thompson chain. <laughs> you know what I mean? Man, I, you know, I, I mean, I mean, I mean I'm, I'm, I'm a, oh, that must be a pastor. And then, you know, all of a sudden, people start, <laughs> people start running in the opposite direction because now I want you to know, like, don't come near me. You know, I'm too, I'm, I'm high. I'm too important. And then, you know, you have to put the shoulders up. Uh, you know, um, if you want to come talk to me, Brian, you can step to me. May I, I'll answer some of your questions today. You know, I got the Bible here. Nobody's coming. Right? But hey. In the new heart, when it's filled, right? When you come to Bible college and you just keep coming and you might not learn a thing. Mm. You might not hear a thing that I'm saying tonight, but guess what the Holy Spirit is doing? He's, he's working it in you. He's filling us. He's filling Amen. Wow. It, hey, Lord, it ain't. Amen. it's not dependent on me to do this because you already said I just need vessels. That I can open up once I release the treasure into that soul. All of a sudden now it has to come out. And Christ will bring it out through series of trials and tests and disappointments and all kinds of setbacks. And then the treasure is released from that earthen vessel. Because why? It can't contain it no more. It has to come out. Amen. So I don't have to figure out how many thousands of verses I remembered before I speak this. So I'm like, hmm. Where's that at? Genesis 1... 
Let there be morning. Let there be night, huh? I don't, I, don't, I don't need to worry about that kind of stuff. Right? Just go let your light shine. And Christ will give you life. And he will do the evangelist for, evangelism for you. The part is, is Matthews 28, 18 and 19, is people won't use the simple word in the Bible. It's called GL. Go. Go. Uh -huh. Just get up and go. Park your cars. Don't drive. Don't get on your buses. Don't get on your donkeys. And just go. <laughs> just go wherever you are. And start to see what Christ will bring you. He will bring you people. So opportunities. Open doors. You know. And um, open up the ones I missed. Because now you have a new way of looking at evangelism in a brand new way. Just go sit with people. Go talk to somebody. Make a phone call. Don't have no expectation that they are going to do or don't do. But they need to hear the message. And somebody needs to plant the seed. And then somebody needs to water it. And God is the one that gives the increase and he grows it. So, tonight you've been released again into the harvest. Right? It's plentiful. And you are now called uh, from your leadership positions. All right, to go and win the loss. Amen.